Hello and welcome back to the uh, Crash Boards Revival, I guess we're calling it. Um, back with Audrey. How you doing, Audrey? Uh, no Tori tonight, no Aramis. Both probably doing smarter things than this. But, That's right. It's just the two of us. But but just the two of us. How are you it's doing? It's good to be back. How I'm doing, doing great, well? Eric. I'm doing well. I am enjoying all these wonderful NBA games. It has been an absolute treat of a playoff, and I am very excited about it. How are you? How are things in old Salt Lake City? Well, I just uh, began a two-week journey of time off for graduation. And, yeah, night, night one has gotten a little wild, let's just say. And, let's uh, say. Yeah, you know, I'm not, not exactly sure where this is all going, but I hope it goes in a good place. Have you listened to Pusha T's newest offering? I have not, but I've heard great things. Uh, didn't it win like a Grammy? I don't think it was eligible. Oh, uh, did he like just come out? Yeah, it just came oh, out. Oh, okay. No, then I haven't heard it. No. It's, you know, if you like rap, it's good. You know? Well, you know I do, so I'll go check it out. It, it's solid. I, I, I enjoy Push T's latest offering. Are you excited for the new Kendrick Lamar album? I mean, obviously. Obviously, I'm excited for the new. We, we could probably do a whole episode of this podcast about how excited I am about the new Kendrick Lamar album. I am very, very much looking forward to it. Uh, I think... Fans of Kendrick Lamar have been starved for content for a while, and there's a whole lot of fans of Kendrick Lamar, so I think a lot of people are happy to see it coming out. Audrey, have you ever thought how crazy it is that the last Kendrick Lamar album came out when we were literally in high school? Yes, I, I say that all the time when I talk about Kendrick. I'm like, the last Kendrick album came out, and yeah, like it, we, were, we weren't even like, it wasn't even the year we finished high school either. Like it was like a full, we were in high school for a full another year after Kendrick's last album came out, if you don't count Black Panther. That's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. I'm looking forward to it. I don't think he's going to tease like a track list or any singles, though, which I'm kind of bummed about. I would like to yeah. have like, I, I would like to have like a Kendrick single come out here within the next few days, but I can just bump for a, few, for a little I mean, while. he's done it before. Like, it's not out of the realm of possibility. But yeah, you're right. Knowing him, he'll probably keep it pretty close to the chest until it comes out. And then the whole thing will probably be like, like a, a beautiful like love story about like his first love. But then if you play it backwards, it like is like a diss track against like 16 rappers at the exact same time. And it'll win like a Pulitzer and like also like uh, he'll make like a like an onstage adaptation of it. That'll win a Tony Award like Kendrick. Uh, every time we think he's he's hit the top, he absolutely just keeps climbing. I'm that man's going for an EGOT. That's right. He's going to Tracy Morgan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> indeed man all right let's talk some basketball i'm pumped it's been a great playoffs well indeed oh sorry to be so serious Audrey. i just wanted to touch base on how we were feeling about the modern stance of rap because no it's important yeah it's a necessary flavor for any good podcast really yes this podcast is going to be very free form but yes the nba pie uh the nba playoffs yep they're happening what games we had today uh, today, it was game one of Golden State and uh, Memphis, and that was a absolute nail-biter, came right down to the end. Banger. And then uh, also earlier today, we had Bucks celtics game one. A little bit less exciting. Bucks win by uh, 12, but it was a very entertaining game throughout. Lots of high-energy fans in that building, obviously, in Boston. It's a good time. Absolutely. Let's start with Warriors-Grizzlies. Just watched that game the the fourth quarter today and i just thought give me seven of these please oh man me too yeah one seven pack of 
Warriors Grizzlies, please. This is wonderful, <laughs> especially if it tires whoever out before the uh, the next game against the Suns. That that or the next series against the Suns, if the Suns make it, that'll that'll be great for me too. That'll be a little cherry on top. Just like but yeah, absolute John Morant brilliance just shining through. Oh uh, my God, yeah. I was, I'm just like wondering, like, at what point do we have to like start discussing like John Morant as like a top five NBA player? Oh, I mean. I don't know, maybe not right this second, but definitely soon. He, the man is on top of the league. I mean, I think a story that's arguably bigger, uh, if not just as big, is the supporting job by his, his teammates and how they've stepped up the season. But let's back up and talk about exactly what did happen today. Golden State and Memphis play. Golden State ekes this one out 117 to 116. It was a crazy last sequence of events. It was a whole crazy game, really. Draymond Green thrown out in the second quarter for what I personally believe to be one of the most egregious flagrant fouls of all time. Granted, I am biased. I hate that man. Full disclosure, I hate Draymond Green very I much. I thought it was a very soft foul call. I okay. thought it was very, very soft. I think it appears to be a soft foul call because Jaron Jackson Jr. did not get hurt. I think Draymond got extremely lucky there that he was able to catch and like kind of like hold him as he was falling to the ground. I think with that grab, that is such a wild thing to do that could have resulted in such a, in such an injury. And I agree that the, the flagrant two was the right call there. Just reckless. It wasn't even a basketball play. He got him on the way up. He pulled him down like a horse collar. Uh, yes. As someone who has done that once or twice on a basketball court. Yeah. Not, not great. It's I a mean, desperation move. It is a desperation move. Yeah. So then after that, uh, Draymond does his best Antonio Brown uh, impersonation and dances around the court before walking out, getting ejected. And then right at the end of the game, uh, crazy scene. We had Golden State uh, up one, 117 to 116, which ended up being the final scoreline. Clay Thompson goes to the free throw line, misses two free throws in a row in the clutch, but then gets the tip block on the last game. Uh, uh, game. Uh, well, what's the phrase I'm looking for here? On the last possession, the game-winning attempt, John Morant goes up for a layup. Clay gets his revenge on, on the free throw line and, and blocks that ball. Warriors win at 117-116. So it was an incredibly dramatic game. Uh, lots of fun storylines, notably Jaron Jackson Jr. with 33 points to go along with 34 from John Morant, who almost had a triple-double. Yes, yeah, so how you say it. You think top five already for John, Eric? You know – you watch him and it just feels that way. Like every, every night he, it seems like he does something incredibly, incredibly special. It just seems yeah. like that's, that's the way things go for Ja. And like, you know, his body balance is insane. And he's just like a really good player to watch. And you know me, I'm not that big an NBA fan, but like, he's one of those guys that now I absolutely know who Ja Morant is. And like, to me, he's he's one of the bigger stars, and he's like probably winning this series away from being like on the same level of a Giannis. Like when he shows up in the Western Conference Finals, if he does, people are gonna start talking about him the way they talk about players like Giannis and, and other and Doncic and young players like that. All right, all right. I don't know. I, I feel like Giannis is almost on a tier of his own at this point, to be yeah, honest with you. True. I think he might be the best basketball player in the world, but I think he's absolutely becomes up there with 
I, I, I don't want to say LeBron, but in the role that LeBron is currently playing for his team and, and being like the undisputed leader of that team and, and one of the great leaders in the NBA, I think he's absolutely getting up there. I, I think he's a fantastic player. Love Jaw. Love to watch him work. But yeah, yeah. that was that was today. Yeah, that, and, that, uh, yeah. I but you you mentioned some of the role players like Desmond yeah. Bain. Uh, oh I'm, man, I'm impressed with Desmond Bain. Like over the first round, I didn't really, you know. Again, I'm a casual NBA fan. I didn't really know who he was before his first round, and he he seems like a real player, but that has some uh, some real positives to offer. Uh, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. had a great game today. Mm-hmm. Really found kind of his offensive stride. Been a fan of him for a little while now. Great, great player. Uh, but yeah. The, the Grizzlies just have a bunch of guys. How, how do you think this series ends up playing out? Ah, man, I I got to say, I, I think it's going to go Golden State in six or seven. Uh, I, I think the Warriors have really gelled it together in a way that I didn't even expect coming into this playoffs. They, they're starting to look like the scary Warriors that we we know and love that, that ruined all of our favorite teams' hopes and chances for so many years. it's it's going to be a lot but again like the Grizzlies you're right they have these guys they've got these dudes who can step up on any given night and give you 10 15 20 30 points or even off the stat sheet just hustle minutes and great defense I mean honestly I think Desmond Bain and and John Morant who won this award would agree with me Desmond Bain was the real most improved player this year and it was a confusing pick to see it go to John Morant I would love to hear your thoughts on that especially since you are thinking that he's kind of approaching that top echelon that he gets the MIP award this year. Do you think, do you think that was the right call by the NBA or I guess the, the conglomerate of people who vote for that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he went from being a player that was kind of intriguing from night to night and occasionally had some, some good plays to a, a really like solid performer that it just seemed like he did something crazy every, every night this year. And he's always shown up on like Twitter highlights and stuff. So I feel like that qualifies as most improved player. Sure. Yeah. Well, I just mean, I feel like job was already at that level. I mean, maybe like it's the unwritten criteria for the most improved player, but to me, it seems like it's a role player who takes a big step up in their role. And to me, job was already a star and already the star of that team. And to get an MIP award just kind of feels confusing. I feel like he, he should be in the conversation for MVP, not MIP right now. Yeah, I, I could see that argument being made, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Well, do we want to talk about the first round, Eric? Because the first round was wild. We had a lot of games, well, a lot of series that went to six, only one sweep. Uh, even the ones that went to five in, in the way of Miami, Atlanta, and Golden State, Denver were very entertaining. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, is there any specific series you'd like to start with or a topic in general? Yeah, you know, I, Philadelphia really just mm. continues to – impress me i know that the joel Embiid injury is huge that's really probably changed their playoff outlook but a guy for me but like just as a casual nba fan that i wasn't really aware existed but suddenly a view as like a superstar is tyrese maxi like that guy yeah. absolutely just played incredible through the first round had multiple 30 point games like mm-hmm. very good player there for the Sixers and I I just really enjoyed their team cohesion it was notable that James Harden didn't really show up here in the first round like that that part was concerning and I wonder if with Joel Embiid out of the lineup if he'll step up 
part of me kind of worries about that, you know, the whole small James, small game James moniker that that's popped up over the years for him. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And then they, I mean, they just play the Heat, and the Heat are just they're just incredible. They're just like a, a yeah. really solid basketball team with a lot of really solid basketball players that are probably going to play great defense and are probably the most disrespected one seed of all time that are probably just going to roll their way through the Sixers and probably give the Bucs a pretty good fight uh, yeah. if, if, uh, if the Bucs advance against the Celtics. Or, or they could give the Celtics a fight too. They, they are just a really underappreciated team, I think. Absolutely. And going back to what you said on Harden, like I, I absolutely agree he has that reputation in the past of not being able to show up in the playoffs. I think this might be a little bit different than what we're used to seeing from him in the playoffs in that with all these guys on their bench, I think he has a deeper team in the playoffs than he's ever had before right now with guys like Maxi that can step up and, and take huge minutes in games and even like good like veteran role players like Danny Green. I mean, these guys are getting serious minutes. Uh, I mean, Tyrese Maxi all the way down to former Jasmine uh, Yang, Niang is his last name. I mean, Matisse Tybel, Shake Milton, they got Cork Maz off the bench. I mean, they've got a big old pile of dudes. And so I, I think the fact that they were able to win a lot of those games, yes, James Harden needs to do more and show up and be more of a star. But I think for some of those instances, it was him putting in the work and being a part of the team model. He was scoring 15, 20 points a night, picking up lots of assists. I think that's a sign of a healthy team system that Doc Rivers and the Sixers have going on this year. Yeah. I think those are all good points made by you. Um so in the West, I just need to tear the band-aid off. We just need to talk about the jazz. Yeah, series. let's talk about the jazz. Just just like just like get that out of the way and then let's just talk about the rest of the second round and move on because I, I don't want to drag this out yeah. anymore. Folks, like, if you're drinking along at home, go ahead and take a shot or two for the Utah Jazz, man. Yeah, I knew the board knows I have. I mean this That's right. <laughs> this, <laughs> I mean it's just the sooner we can get Bacardi to sponsor the podcast, the better. Am I right? Being yeah, a jazz fan. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. No, it is. Uh, it, it was tough. I think the last minute or two of that last game was the perfect encapsulation of the, of this iteration of the jazz of their season this year. And the last couple of years, it's, I think you're right. I think what you said last time, I've been thinking about it a lot. I think you might be right. It's time to blow it up. I don't know if you trade both. Uh, go Baron Mitchell or maybe trade one now and get another year out of another one. I mean, they're not, I think their trade value a year from now is probably the, about the same as it is now. Uh, yeah. I think it's time for a new look Utah jazz. Uh, Mike Conley at the end there. I don't know why that ball's in his hands to have that travel in the first place. Uh, bogey, honestly, just an unlucky shot. In my opinion, I don't know what you think about that. It's such a wide open shot and he's got to make it. But at the end of the day, even the best three point shooters, it's it's almost a 50 50 ball. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. It was just, you know, just disappointing. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. of, of all the jazz teams I've watched, this is the team I've hated the most. Like, it's, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, they, I mean, Audrey, I, I like, Like, I, I don't even know how to describe it other than this. Like, they got owned by Terrence Mann last year. And their solution to that was like, okay, 
we need a center that can defend the perimeter. I know what we'll do. We'll go out and say, say, Hassan Whiteside, come play for <laughs> us. Hassan Whiteside, famously one of yeah. the worst defenders in the NBA, period. And you just bring that guy in. Like, what are you doing? And then you're like, okay, we need a shutdown wing defender. We need our Kawhi Leonard. Let's bring in Rudy Gay. You know, <laughs> you know how much Rudy Gay played in these playoffs? Uh, is it a zero minutes? It's like three minutes. Like, wow. Like the man, That's not great. The man barely touched the floor. The man cannot play in the NBA. And then, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, we're back. This is a Royce O'Neal hating zone. This yeah, is Royce- I was watching after you said that I was watching those celebrations on those mediocre looking jumpers that last yeah. game or two. And I, I was also like, OK, I get it. This is yeah, not what, great. like what's wrong with you, bro? Like you say, oh, yeah, I'm a three and D player. Well, guess what? You can't play defense and you also can't hit three point shots. He hit <laughs> one three point shot the entire series to win game one. And that was it. The rest of the time, he completely disappeared. He was a minus 25 in the series. He was a liability to put on the floor. He shouldn't be playing in the NBA next year. Royce O'Neal is done. He's just cooked. Uh, I mean, it's just, you know, they didn't care. They, they, They also just didn't care. Like, you could tell the team, like, I didn't buy the reports in the summer that this there, there was some relationship problem with Rudy and Donnie. I didn't buy that. I didn't buy that at all. Yeah. But by the end of the year, you could see it. These guys literally just hate yeah. playing with each other. I'm right there with you. Like, like they just hate each other. Like the whole team just hates each other. So, okay. If you got a whole team that hates each other, that's a culture problem. So you got to fire everybody. You got to fire the GM and, and, and get, and by the way, Danny Ainge, Get on my face, Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge came and he said, we're going to get Daniel House. That, that, was his, that was his response to midseason moves that could have made the Jazz better. Oh, and that man's too much of a coward to stand up and face the media as literally the guy who's running the team as the GM at the end of the year because he's in a basketball advisory role. Just retire, you old fraud. I mean, just get... I- Face Danny Ainge, like you're not. I good. don't know. I, I, that man dug the Celtics out of a very hard no, hole. No, I don't no, know if you I'm can toss with, him aside I'm like d- that. I'm done with Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge, I, I think you're you found the wrong scapegoat there, my friend. No, Danny Ainge thinks he's so great, but he won't even face the media at the end of the day. I'm, I mean, just, that's literally the reason he took the job. He said, I want to be like the GM, but I don't want to do like the annoying parts of being the GM, which is right. talking to the press. But I know, but like at some point, that's part of the job of being the GM, bro. Just retire. Like, he, he, I don't know. I think he's, I think he's a good enough GM that you can put up with that. I, I think that's a great, I, I think he's going to do good stuff for your, for your front office. I think you got to trust in the process a little bit on that one. Ainge is one of the best uh, front office GM guys we've had a long, long, long time. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just uh, not convinced, but yeah. I guess we'll see what he does this off season. But well, Hey, I mean, uh, do you think Frank Vogel's gonna look good in jazz colors or what? Yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> or Doc Rivers, I guess, probably. I it, yeah, it depends on if Doc can get out the second round. <laughs> like, uh, seems like Doc Rivers is the next guy, but hey, at least Doc is nice to the media, and that's important to me. Yeah, maybe so, we can do a uh, like a, a straight up like one for one trade. 
Quinn for Doc and cash considerations? Yeah, maybe. We'll 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 see about that. I mean, it's just tough. It's just tough. Is tough. I mean, it, it just made you know, but the the first round just made me feel bad about myself. You know, yeah. it, it well, was just it was just like what like what am I doing with my life being a jazz fan? Does it actually make me happy? Like, have they ever well, actually? If you're relying on on fandom of happy? any team as your source, especially your sole source of happiness. That might not be the best road either. That might that might be time for some introspection and maybe pick up a pick up another hobby or just bandwagon a better team. I guess. Yeah, no, I, I'm but, definitely like I, I'm at wit's end with the jazz right now, personally. Well, you know what else is extremely pitiful. The Brooklyn Nets first round exit at the oh, hands of yikes. the Boston Celtics. Let's talk some Nets and cheer you up a little bit. As a sad Jazz fan, at least that didn't happen. At least you took a good Mavs team to six because, oh my God, it was that was the perfect ending to a season full of drama and just nonsense and bullshit and everything. That was an incredible collapse by the Brooklyn Nets. I would love to hear your initial thoughts on these. I, I absolutely, I don't know how closely you've been following all their drama this year and all like the on the court, off the court stuff, but it's pretty wonderful. Yeah, no, I mean, it's important to play defense in the NBA. I think yeah. that's what I learned, learned from watching this season. Like it's cool to have like two really great scoring threats, but like if you can't like stop the other team, it's an issue. Yep. So Pop taught yeah. me that lesson well you know, didn't, didn't really work out for the net. I mean, you know, everybody hates Kyrie Irving, so I'm not going to like, yeah, like, I mean, that's pretty easy pickings. It just seems like too, too easy. And at the end of the year, he does say like in his season closing remarks, but yeah, I was a distraction to the team. So at least he understands that. Like, I don't I think- hope he understands that he's a grown adult man. Like, pulled the biggest circus show, but uh, the second biggest circus show on his whole team somehow and yeah the insanity what was the first biggest ben simmons oh yeah oh yeah i forgot about little benny yeah you might, so you're, gonna, you're, to you're not gonna you're not gonna go full stephen a smith right uh i mean we'll see um <laughs> ben you simmons what, have you seen that clip yes like, i have St- stephen a smith went within like three months to be like let's be cautious about this guy's mental health to calling Ben Simmons quote, the weakest and most pathetic athlete I've ever seen. I think it's because it became very clearly apparent that while granted it might, there might be some or a lot of truth to the Ben Simmons mental health stuff. I don't know Ben Simmons. I don't know anything about that. I'm fucking, I'm just speculating. It looks like there's not a lot of mental health stuff going on here. And it looks like he just doesn't want to play basketball. Um, especially the last little bit. I think the reason, I mean, come on, the man says he's going to make a debut in game four as his team's about to get swept. And then the day before this 25 year old dude wakes up with back soreness and that's enough to keep him out of a playoff game. When you have his former teammate, Joel Embiid playing with a concussion and a torn thumb ligament. And this man sits out. I mean, and the speculation is that he, he was sitting out the entire season gives him a better case for the, uh, the uh, lawsuit he has against the Philadelphia 76ers right now. Um, that's a whole thing as well, but just absolutely miserable from Ben. I think that was such a cowardly thing to do. Uh, the very, very least he could have done was give his team some minutes or something. 
even in practice all the way up until the end, uh, like all of his teammates are saying like, yeah, I don't see him. Like he, he does his own separate thing after our practice. He's away from the team. Like talk about team distractions, man. Like you got a guy that's supposed to be an all-star and a defensive all-star nonetheless that you need very badly right now, even if he's only at a fraction of his former self and he's just going to dip like that. Like, what is that? What is the group chat right now? What does the player group chat with the, the Brooklyn Nets look like right now with Kyrie Irving KD, the God, and Ben Simmons all sitting in a group chat. Like, how how is this team going to function and go into the next season and do anything meaningful? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it is tough. It, it is just, you know, really, really tough. But the whole situation with Ben Simmons, because, like, I, I like it's it's just hard for me to really like I I don't want to be too because I really don't know what's going on and like no yeah life, and like I said like, I don't either like I could be total I could be being a total asshole right now and I have no idea what's going on behind the scenes but just from his attitude and and what he presents to the public it just looks like he's just trying to dodge that shit so yeah, but I, I get what you mean, though. Like, you don't want to go too hard on him. Like, you don't want to, like, like, you never know a dude's situation. It's just, I don't know. It, it just seems like a whole lot of, like, dodging and just being a bad teammate to me. And that's the part that you can't excuse even with the mental health, even when stuff's got you down. Like, you got to, you got to, at the very least, communicate with your team. And, and there's just not a baseline level of, of respect there from Ben Simmons. Yeah, I mean, it'll it'll be interesting to see how, that all plays out. I, I I do think at some point he will, you know, suit up and play NBA minutes again. I'm not yeah, sure if it'll too. be, I, I'm not sure if it'll be on the nets. I'm not sure if it'll be on a different team, but yeah, I, I do think Ben Simmons will be back at some point. It's just interesting to see this whole, whole saga because you, you are right. Like he could have at least come like, you don't even really need Ben Simmons to be a scorer on the Nets. No, like, you, you don't. don't even yeah, need him. that's the like, whole appeal of him being on the Nets. You, they you, don't need scoring; they need defense. You don't need him to handle the ball. You just need him to go out and like stand there on defense and like yeah. be a defensive presence. And that doesn't seem like it should be that hard to do. But no, you know, you know, there, there there is some. You know, the, the funniest quote was he was like there's a mental block and it was like yeah bro no doubt like that uh, clearly that like that's yeah absolutely here. we're yeah we're all watching it we can all see it it's the hugest mental block he had that with free throws even before this whole thing but yeah no absolutely it's a mental block but you're right like he doesn't need to be putting up even 10 points a night five points like he just needs to go out there be a defensive body be able to pick up a couple fouls and then the respect that he'll command just for his size and his position, like even though he hasn't played in a year or whatever, like that's the guy that you got to put one of your better defenders on and guard with. And that's another defender to take away from Kyrie and KD. And that's his job is to take attention off them, which you think he would be the perfect role for him. So hopefully this off season, he can get his mind right. He can get it together. I would love to see, I, I'm, I'm very, very much rooting for Ben Simmons. Don't get me wrong. Like I want the man to play basketball. I want him to figure it out and, and get over the yips and be able to move past this era of his career. But the longer he sits out and the longer he delays it, the worse it's going to get. In my opinion. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. 
Well, let's see. What else? What other series can we talk about? I mean, Memphis, Minnesota was wonderful. Uh, lots of blown second half leads and shit talking and Patrick Beverly and all sorts of stuff happened there. I don't know if you got a chance to catch any of those games in that series. Yeah, I mean, that was just, I think, the best series of the first round, to be honest with you. Just yeah. uh, just like a, a solid series between two good young teams that are going to be around for a little while now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're seeing the future of the NBA on display in this. Yeah, the next generation of NBA stars coming through, we are so lucky as NBA fans to have them. I mean, like the like no matter how it all pans out, the Jaws and Lucas and Jordan Pools and Devin Bookers and DeAndre Aytons of the league, like all the this young next generation of superstars is really, really coming through. And it's cool to see it all come together. And all these teams that were, you know, terrible bottom feeder teams starting to get up into the playoffs. And it's exciting to, to watch the life cycle turn for some of these teams. Yeah, absolutely. And one of those teams, let's just get to the Suns. I know you're you're a big, oh, you're, you're, you're you're a big Suns fan. They play the Pelicans. Personally, I think the Pelicans made a mistake. Zion said he was ready. Like you got to game six, you needed to bring out Zion for game yeah, six. Yeah. Like, I'm with you there. I was really glad that they didn't do that. Honestly. Like, because if Zion comes up for game six in New Orleans, that place gets sold out. It's popping. The yeah. vibe is different. And, the and Suns, it already was popping and sold out, but it would have been even crazier. You're absolutely and, right. And the Suns, by the way, without Devin Booker, probably don't win that game if Zion Williamson no. plays. Like, Maybe even with, honestly. Like, I, I, I know that you want to be extra cautious, but when the man is telling you, hey, I'm ready to play, I'm good to go, like, you got to believe him. Even, because... Even if he hurts himself again, okay, you've still got a whole off season to, yeah. to, to let him deal with that injury. Like, you need to let Zion come out and play because at some point that's going to fracture a relationship where he's like, okay, I don't want to play in New Orleans anymore. Yeah, and, and I think you're absolutely right. The context matters too. Like, I, I get it. Yeah, it's the beginning of the series or you guys are about to get swept. Yeah, like, don't rush him back in. But, like, you're right. You have it. You got this game six. You have a real chance, and like I mean, a real chance to take down the number one as the number eight seed. Uh, and these Pelicans were not a fluke. Like, don't get me wrong. Like these these guys were. They didn't have a lot of their guys healthy for a long time. You know, they traded for some of the midseason. This Pelican squad is absolutely an artificial eight seed. These guys should have been. I mean, a fantastic year, all things considered. They were thirty six and forty six, and they took the number one seed to six games. Honestly. This is a 36 win or a, 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 this is a 50 win team, a 55 win team in a 36 win team's body right now. Like the, these guys are deceptively good. And I think they're going to be a, I, I think they're going to be a real threat next year. They might even just make the playoffs outright and skip the play. And they were really, really, really strong. And shout out to Willie green, first year head coach for the way he handled the Suns. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, Brandon Ingram, just a fantastic player. Mm-hmm. One of those guys that you're like, why the Lakers get rid of him? It's like, yeah, Anthony Davis, man. Anthony Street Clothes Davis. Like, it, it, it's just just tough. I mean, at least from the Lakers' perspective, there's some argument to be made that if the, he doesn't get traded to New Orleans, he doesn't get, like, the amount of, like, touches that he needs to develop and, like, the ability to run the system through him that he would have if he was with LeBron and AD on the Lakers. Like, he probably wouldn't have, like, developed as much. So, 
but yeah, no, but Ingram's going to be a, a perennial all-star. He's great. Yeah, indeed. Let's talk about some of these uh, second round matchups here. Now, yeah. now that we've kind of looked through the first round, we kind of touched on Golden State, Memphis, mm-hmm. um, but I want to go to Phoenix, Dallas here. Mm. I, I'm pretty excited for this series. So is Devin Booker going to be back for game one tomorrow night? Do you know? Uh, yes. As far as we know, he will be back. Honestly, as a Suns fan, with how fast they rushed him back the first time, I mean, even going so far as to, I don't know if you saw this, but the Suns were actually fined $25,000 because they didn't let the league know ahead of time enough that Devin Booker was coming back. It was very last second. You could tell it was probably Devin just begging to get back on the court. You love to see the drive from him, but man, it made me nervous seeing him go out and play in like that many minutes coming off of a hamstring. Like, ugh. so I, I kind of hope they rest him game one or, or still force him to do the minutes restriction, but knowing him, he'll want to do a full load. And also you can't, you can't do 40 minute games with Chris Paul, like too many times in a row. And that, that doesn't go so great. So I'm really excited for this Dallas series. I, I think this is going to be another one that goes to six. I think Phoenix wins it four to two. Okay. That's interesting. I'm kind of on the Dallas strand, to be honest, after right. I saw what they did to the Jazz. You know, I don't blame you. The Jazz, the, the Mavs are a real, the real deal. They've got all kinds of three-point shooting. They play pretty good defense. And, I mean, Jalen Brunson literally just had, if you look at the, like, numbers and metrics, he had a historic playoff series against the Jazz. Like, yeah, he, he just arrived as a superstar in the NBA within one series. So if he can play that way again and they can have Jalen Brunson come off the bench basically and provide you like 30 points a game while Luca's doing his thing, like it's incredibly hard to stop that team. Like absolutely because Luca, the the thing about Luca is even if he has like a 15-point game, he's just making everyone else around him better. Like the passes he makes are absolutely crazy. Like he just sees the floor better than anyone to me. Like I know he's listed as like a small forward or whatever, but I think he's the best point guard in the league, like hands yeah. down, like even better than Chris Paul. Like he just sees the floor and knows where people are going to be and gets people the ball at the right times. So I, I'm a huge fan of the Mavericks in this series. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't say enough good stuff about the Mavs. They've got, again, it's like the Grizzlies. That's their secret to success is that they just have a, a bunch of guys who can step up and give you those minutes. And I agree. Yeah, I think the if Jalen Brunson could be the Jalen Brunson we saw in the first series, it's it's going to be a really tough one. But I don't doubt that the Suns can pull this out, assuming Booker is able to slowly ramp back up and, and play minutes and like doesn't get like re-hurt again. Obviously, that's a whole different story. We saw how much the Suns struggled against the Pelicans without Booker. I imagine that would be way worse against the Mavs, who are objectively a better team. I don't know. It's going to be good. I think they wanted, I think one of the few advantages Phoenix really has a, a strong lead in is down at the center position. You know, Dry Powell is a great great center, and he, he did a good job against Rudy Gobert, but I think the offensive power of uh, DeAndre Ayton and the way they run that offense through him with so many switches, I, I'm, I'm doubtful of uh, Dry Powell's ability to switch onto and handle CP3 or Devin Booker. Um. So I think they, if they can exploit that and get the, the pick and roll game going and give Aiden some more big minutes like he had in uh, game five and game six for the Suns against the Pelicans, I think uh, I think it'll be great. No, I, I think that's absolutely all really well, uh, all really well said. 
Um, Any Let's other first go. round series got your eye? What else are you thinking of? Second round series, I think we've talked about every one of them except Bucks Celtics, which could low key be the most interesting one. I was surprised that the Celtics were not able to score as much as I thought they would today. The Bucks played really good defense. Um, I thought without Chris Middleton, they they would kind of struggle in that regard. Yeah, but you know. If the Bucs can play good defense the rest of the way and get the contributions they got today from Drew Holiday, mm-hmm. like they're, they're going to win this series in five games. Yeah, but, I, I think, yeah, right? it comes down to these role players. And absolutely, yeah, if, if Chris Middleton can come back and be healthy, I think that might be the, the swinger for me, honestly. I, I think the Boston Celtics are playing at such a high level right now. And the confidence you got to have for knocking out Kyrie and, KD and Kyrie, who were the Vegas odds for – number one odds to be the champions this year coming in, like to sweep those guys coming in and, and the total turnaround that Boston's had this season. It's, it's going to be crazy to think that Milwaukee can stop that momentum. But I think they could, I legitimately think they could. I just think yeah. that there's a chance that the Bucks are just a better team than the Celtics. And no, I mean, they've got the championship medal to prove it. Like they are, they're the real deal. I mean, they, they came out well against them today and, you know, won that game by 12 points. So I think it's about what, you know, Ime Yudoka can, can change to come back and, and balance against this Bucks team, or are they just the better squad that just the end of it? I don't know. I could, I could very easily see the Bucks going, walking right back to the finals, honestly. We'll have to see. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. We'll see. I mean, you know what I hate the most about the Bucks is like, They've turned Grayson Allen into like a good oh. NBA player. Like, Don't oh my even god, get me started on this. Like, guy. he's just like he's just good. He like like he's not oh. even just the he's not even just crafty white guy good. He's no, he's like, like a starter on a championship like level team. Good, flat now. out good. Yeah, like, he's, yeah. Like, he's like fuck you, good. Like it's crazy. Like, I would, no, I was just I was just showing Tori today all of his all of his uh, dirty plays from Duke and early in the league. Folks listening at home, if you are unfamiliar with who Grayson Allen is or only know him uh, from from his basketball playing, definitely go on YouTube and look up a little compilation of his dirty plays. There are a lot out there. Man got famous in college for tripping and poking and punching and, you know, doing dirty stuff to other players. Also, he looks like a miniature version of Ted Cruz. So all that comes together for him just to be a real hateable guy. Uh, so, yeah, so if you want you want someone to go poke fun at, go, go have some fun with Grayson Allen today. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it'll be really, really interesting. That series might produce the best fights, although Philly and Miami might have something to say about that. I can't tell whose fights are going to be better. But here, who do you think wins in a, like, we had a, like a bar fight right now, and half the bar was like drunk Bucks fans, which keep in mind are also Packers dads. And then the other half is half drunk Celtics fans who are all, Boston Pats dads who wins that fight gotta go Boston like yeah it's a fighting it, city man that's like, a it, it's just like a fighting city I know like Midwesterners like I read like this, this is a funny story I went yeah. to the Green Pig downtown in in Salt Lake City Great and fight. I sat down with some some dudes from Wisconsin who were there for like a mining concert at, convention and we just like 
Shabasha easily for like four hours and got That's hammered awesome. to, and got hammered together. Like Wonderful. Midwest dudes are just good dudes. They're just like oh, yeah. they're just like good dudes who are nice to everyone and they're up, they're pretty open minded to whatever you have to say. And Very solid as, region. As long as you don't get too controversial with your takes or anything like that, like they're gonna be a good time and they're gonna ask you what's good about where you live and they're just gonna be really nice people. So I don't don't start giving the, your opinion on corn subsidies now they'll have a whole lot to say yeah exactly yeah but real strong agriculture opinions those guys yeah yeah as long as you stay out of like agriculture like you're good <laughs> but i oh, mean man. like a bot like someone from boston like you look at them the wrong way they're like you want i'm gonna fuck you up pal you know yeah, you know was, what i mean like that was that a better was attempt just, at an accent than i thought it was gonna be honestly uh, it, it was honestly yeah. terrible <laughs> but i think where boston fans do finally meet their doom are the philly fans i think those are the undisputed biggest psychos in all of sports yeah across true. the bar everybody all all the sports y'all are those, anybody from philly listening to this you're a psycho i don't want you I, you probably smell weird too i don't want you near me and that's just a rivalry too. Like, mm-hmm. like Boston fans just hate Philly fans. And most teams probably don't even hate each other as much as the fan bases do. Oh no, those no, it's just the two cities fighting for who can be the inferior third place option to New York and Chicago. Right. <laughs> yeah. So all right. Well, I think this has been a fantastic wrap-up, Eric. It's been wonderful <laughs> talking basketball with you again. I'm so excited to catch back up once the second round ends and see how this all panned out and make fun of our old terrible takes. Yes, I can't wait. How are you doing? Anything exciting coming up the next few weeks? Uh no, nothing more. I will plug my Twitch stream. I will say twitch.tv slash estragal E-S-T-R-A-G-A-L. Come on through. It's variety gaming and Good old just chatting content. Other than that, not not really got anything going on. Just working, living. That's good. We'll keep living, Audrey. We will uh, we'll see you next time. All right. See you next time, Eric. Peace out.